to the HSM podcast. HSM is the high school ministry of Crossroads Christian Church. We hope that this week's message inspires you and encourages you to live a Christ-centered life. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? Am I on? There we go. All right, so who else saw the bear? Did anyone else see the bear the first time? A couple of y'all? Yeah, um, I did not. First time I saw the video, I definitely did not see the bear. In fact, honestly, uh, first time I saw it, I was like, forget the bear. I think I got 12. I didn't even get the number right. But uh, <clears throat> the reason I show that video kind of relates a little bit about what we're uh, going to talk about tonight, right? The point of that video, that, that video was actually originally just a commercial somewhere in Europe um, advertising for awareness. Oh, shoot. We good? Uh, advertising for awareness for like bikers on the streets. Like it was basically saying like, hey, look for things that you're not normally looking for. Be aware. Um, That was the point of that. But the point that I'm trying to get out of that video is that it's easy to focus on the thing that's pointed out to us, right? It's easy, very easy to focus on the things that's pointed out to us. And this world has a very specific way. It's a kind of an unwritten rule book for how we're supposed to think, what we're supposed to focus on, what we're supposed to set our minds on, okay? Like how many of us go through our day thinking the way that this world um, kind of tells us to think. For instance, if, we, if we're having a rough day, if we woke up on the wrong side of the bed, bad hair day, whatever it is, that means that it's a bad day, right? We think a rough day, a chaotic day means it's a bad day. Uh, what if um, relationships, like we're in relationships, and, and usually this world thinks about relationships as they're just purely about sex. It's sexual tension. It's, it's all about sex. It's, that's what relationships think. How many of us think about bad grades? If we failed a test, it means that we're a failure. It means that we failed. Uh, we think about, you know, the world tells us to think if you did bad on a test, that means that you're a failure. Um, maybe it's, it's a good time. Maybe you're at a party or something and you think, okay, alcohol means good time. If I'm not drunk, I'm not having fun. We think just the way that the world tells us to think. How many of us go through a day and think about that kind of stuff? Well, when we focus on the things that this world tells us to focus on, when we think about the way things, the way the world tells us to think, we easily miss the point that God is trying to make, okay? God put a bear right in front of us. This world is telling us to focus on the white team, okay? But we easily miss the bear that's moonwalking right in front of us. So today we're going to look at what God tells us to focus on. We're going to focus on the things that God says to set our minds on, okay? So we've been in this series called Stress Reaction, and we've tackled two verses so first out of Philippians 4. Today, we're going to tackle the last two for the series, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and heard and received and seen in me, practice these things in the God of peace will be with you. So like I said, we've been in this series called Stress Fractured. We're focusing on stress. In the first week, we talked about worry. We talked about 
how we can go through our lives without letting worry take over, right? Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God, okay? That's what we talked about the first week. Then we talked about peace. We talked about finding peace. We defined, first of all, we defined what stress was the first week, right? We said that stress is just temporarily losing sight of the fact that God is in control. The second week defined peace. Peace isn't about having the answer. Remember, we talked about how we always, we love control. We love knowing the outcome. We love having the answer. But peace is not having the answer. Peace is trusting that God has the answer. So today, we're going to see that after we've learned not to be anxious and not to worry, and after we've learned to find peace, today we're going to be proactive in what we're setting our minds on. We're going to be proactive with what we're setting our minds on, what we're thinking about, because what we think about will shape the way that we live. Okay, the way that we think shapes the way that we live. Even if we listen to our hearts, you know, we go through life and everyone tells us, no, listen to your heart. You know, don't, don't think about it, just do it. What do you love? What are you passionate about? No, Timmy, don't think about it, just do it. Listen to your heart. <laughs> like, even if we think about, or even if we listen to our hearts and we're making every decision based off of our hearts or whatever, we're still processing through our minds. Okay, can we agree on that? Even if, <clears throat> I'm a very spontaneous person, I make a lot of decisions just like that, but even when I make a spontaneous decision and I don't think about it at all, it's the premeditated thoughts that I've been having that lead me to make a decision based off of that. Okay, so the way that we think <clears throat> determines the way that we live. Okay, what we think about gives character into our lives. In fact, I have an example. Mia, will you uh, roll on out here? Let's give it up for Mia. Isn't, give it up for Mia, wow. Beautiful, yeah, there we go. Thank you. <clears throat> so I would, I would, <clears throat> I would make uh, the argument that uh, our thoughts actually, thank you very much, that's good, <clears throat> that our thoughts actually define our minds. <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's like, a, uh, it's like when you go to a restaurant and you order a drink. Okay, it's the stuff that's in the drink that defines the drink. It's not the cup. You don't say, hey, can I have a cup full of water? You say, hey, can I have a water? <clears throat> okay, the cup is defined, that's one in it. That's, that's the same thing with our minds. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm sorry. So what make up our minds are the thoughts that we have, are the thoughts that are consumed in our minds, right? Does that make sense? Everyone on the same page? We good with what I'm talking about? So what I have here, I have this cup right here, and this is just water. This cup represents our minds, and the stuff that in it, that's in it represents our thoughts. Okay, so the cup of water right here is defined by the stuff that's in it. And what I'm going to do is I have this, this bottle of nasty stuff. It's black, it's gross, it's nasty. This represents all the negative thoughts that we have. It's all the, all the stuff that we think about. We might not think about them a lot, but they're still thoughts that we have, okay? So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put them in here and it's just a little bit of worry, okay? Not much, just a little bit. We worry about stuff. A little bit of fear, okay? How about some doubt? That's a lot of doubt, right? a lot of doubt. How about some shame? Not much, just a little bit. Anger, yeah. <laughs> Jealousy, lust, loneliness, greed. I could keep going on and on, okay? You see what I'm saying though? These are the negative thoughts that we're having. And now you'll see that no longer are our minds defined by all the stuff that was already in there, all the, all the regular thoughts that we have. Now it's actually starting to be defined by these negative thoughts that we've been having. Okay, all that worry, fear, doubt, shame, hate, anger, jealousy, all that stuff makes up our minds now. Okay, by the way, these are all thoughts, all the stuff that I just listed out. Those are actually all thoughts that produce stress, right? When we worry, we lose sight of God, it produces stress. When we're shame, we, we, it produces stress. When we hate, when, we're, when we have anger in our lives, it produces stress. So these are all thoughts that have stress. Now, I have this egg. Okay, it's under here good. Just making sure. That would have been awkward. I have this egg. Okay, last week was Easter. I'm going to stay on the theme of dying an Easter egg. This is an egg. This represents our lives. Okay, I know it's a stretch, but just stay with me. 
Okay, this represents everything that we do on a daily basis. It represents our actions that we take. It represents how we interact with people. It represents everything that we do in the physical world. This is our lives. Okay, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to put it in here. Okay, I'm going to put it in these negative thoughts because like I said earlier, everything that we do is processed through our minds. Right? Everyone following me? That egg is in there. It's submerged in there because the thoughts that we have really define the way that we live our lives. Okay? And having negative thoughts but expecting it not to affect the way that we live is like putting that egg in that dye and expecting it not to change color. But that's what we do. We have negative thoughts. Even if it's not a ton of them, we have these negative thoughts, and then we expect it not to affect the way we live, expect it not to affect our lives. That's like putting this white egg in this cup of dye and expecting it not to change color. Because what we do is we don't think that what happens on the inside will ever show up on the outside, right? We think that they're just thoughts. We think that it's just, it's just one thought. It doesn't mean anything. It's just on the inside. It's never going to show up on the outside. But if everything that we do is processed in our minds, then the things that make up our minds will start to play a role in everything that we do. That only makes sense, right? Everything that we do is processed in our minds, so the thoughts that we're having will start to define the way that we live. So what happens on the inside will always show up on the outside, no matter how much we try to keep it on the inside, no matter how much we try to um, hide it, whatever it is, it's always going to show up. James 3, 14 through 16 says this, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Guys, this is saying that the things that we tend to think about aren't actually things that we were ever designed to think about. They're of this world. They're, they're demonic. They're not of heaven. We're not called to think about these things, but we tend to anyway, okay? And it's saying, it's, it's supporting my, my argument that the way that we think will always play a role in our lives. It's saying that where those thoughts are, right, the product of those thoughts will be present. In this case, it's saying where jealousy and selfish ambition are, there will be disorder in every vile practice. So where you have these thoughts, this fear, this anger, this doubt, it will play a role in your life. It will produce anger in your life. You see what I'm saying there? The way that we think will produce actions in our lives. It will define the way that we're living. I had a friend in college, so I had a, I had a sol- really solid friend group in college. We did everything together. We loved each other. And there was a guy who was hanging out with us, and, and um, he, he kind of started to disappear, kind of started to do his own thing. We hadn't seen him in a while, and I called him out on it. I said, where you been? We had not seen you. You know, every time we ask you to do something, you're just kind of, either you don't respond, or you're just doing your own thing. We're like, we're like what, what's up? We haven't seen you. And he was honest with me. He's like, I'll be honest. I, I, I started feeling a little lonely. I started feeling a little out of place. I felt like I didn't really fit in in the friend group. I felt like I was alone, even though we loved him to death. Like, we did everything together. He was one of our brothers. We pictured him as a brother. Even though he wasn't alone in anything, he felt alone in everything that he did. So he said that even while I was hanging out with you guys, I felt like I shouldn't be there for some reason, or I felt like I didn't fit in, so I started withdrawing. When I was by myself, all I wanted to do was be with you guys and be with people who loved me, but then when I was with you guys, people who loved me, I felt like I didn't fit in, so I wanted to be alone. My point in saying this is that originally it started with a thought of loneliness. He felt like he was alone, and before he even realized it, he started living in isolation. He started to live out the thought that he was having. It was a lie from the enemy. That's the saddest part is that it wasn't true at all, and yet he had the thought and held on to it and started to believe it and started to live it out. Okay, He had a thought and started to live it out. His thought started to play a role in his life, started to dictate the way that he was living. He started living in isolation, it changed him internally and externally, all because of a thought, right? All because of a thought that he had, 
it started to change the way we live. But that's what it does. That's what our thoughts do to us. It starts to change the way that we live, right? We have negative thoughts and think that they're not going to do anything. Okay, think that they're just thoughts, but in reality, it's shaping the way that we live our lives. I got to put on this glove, otherwise my hand's going to be black. I don't really make these my size. All right, but that's what our thoughts do. It takes us. They're laughing because it's like not even on my hand. <laughs> but it takes that white egg and turns it into this gray, black nastiness, and turns it into something that it was never meant to be. That's what our thoughts do to us. It turns our lives into something that it was never meant to be. Instead of living a life in joy and happy, it kind of turns on this black mush. It turned my friend into something where he was living a life by himself. But God calls us not to think the way of this world. God calls us to live according to things that are from him. So I'm going to take this egg, and this cup right here represents all that stuff that I listed out earlier, right? Whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, think about these things. And that's what he calls us to live our lives in. He calls us to live our lives according to things that are from him. And it'll start to change our lives. And one thing that this verse tells us, it doesn't only tell us, I'm going to put this down here so I don't spill dye all over the carpet. It doesn't only tell us that we're called to live differently in this world and think differently in this world. It tells us specifically what to set our minds on, right? True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. It gives us specific ways to think, specific things to think about. By the way, it's, it's all of those things. It's not just one of them, okay? You can't justify the way you're thinking because it meets one of those things listed. It has to meet all of them, okay? I know how you guys think. It's like, shoot, that girl's got a really cute body. I can think that way, though, because it's true, and this Bible says I can think whatever's true. But that's, that might be true, but it's not true. It's not honorable. It's not just pure, lovely, commendable, excellent. It's not worthy of praise. I know some of you thinking like, yeah, it is worthy of praise. It's not what I'm talking about, okay? It's got to meet all that criteria. It's not just one or the other. And I know it's easy for me to stand up here and just say, all right, think differently. You know, it's easy for me to say, hey, think about things that are good. But, but how do we do that? How do we control our thoughts so much so that I can think about the things that are good, especially if I tend to think things that are bad. I think the way that this world thinks. How do I do that? It's so hard. It's actually, I'd make the argument that it's, we make it a lot harder than it is. It's not as hard as it thinks, but I'm going to give you three ways to control your thoughts. Three ways to control your thoughts so you can leave here and think according and process things according to what God calls us to. The first one is this, be aware. Be aware. Okay, we've got to be aware that our thoughts tend to drift towards the way of this world. It's just who we are especially if everything around us is telling us to do that. It's just our tendency to think that way, okay? It's our tendency to think according to this world. First Peter 5, 8 says this, be sober-minded, be watchful, okay? In other words, be watchful, be alert, be aware. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. In order to control your thoughts, you have to be aware that the enemy is trying to get in your head as well. He's hiding in the bushes. He is waiting for you to let your guard down and attack you. You have to be aware that he's trying to do that. You have to be aware that we think a certain way. And when you do, you can battle it. If you're not aware of it, you're going to think that way your whole life and never even realize you're thinking that way. You're going to think negative thoughts. You're going to have doubt, shame, fear, control your mind and control your lives and not even realize it. But if we're aware, we're able to stand up against it and catch ourselves before we slip back into those thoughts. Is that making sense? You have to be aware that we tend to think that way. That's the first step. If you're not aware, you're never going to be able to conquer your thoughts. You're never going to be able to control your thoughts. The second one is this. Be positive. Be positive. Guys, optimism is a choice. Okay, yes, there are some people that were born 
happier. They just like, you can't upset them, okay? But that does not mean that because you're not born that way doesn't mean you can't be positive. You can't be optimistic, okay? It's not like you wake up and you're like, I was born an optimist. I get to be happy today. Or I was born a pessimist. I get to have a crappy attitude today. No, like you can choose to be happy, okay? It's like the people, okay, before I say this, I have nothing against personality tests, okay? They're great for self-awareness and for learning. My boss, Talia, loves them. And like, I I honestly, she made me take a couple of them when I got here and I learned a ton about myself. She's laughing because she like loves them. The problem that I have with them is when people take them and let them define who they are, right? It's like, that's everything that they are, right? It's like someone takes a personality test, shows up two hours late to lunch. and It's like, well, I'm an ENFP. That's just what I do. Like, no, Karen, you're just a bad person. Learn to be on time, right? Like, don't let your personality test define who you are. It's the same thing. Like, don't let the fact that you just normally see the worst in situations define who you are. Don't say, I just, I'm, just a, I'm just a pessimist. Like, no, learn, choose to be positive. Choose to see the best in everything. Psalms 118.24, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That is probably the most optimistic Bible verse in all of Scripture because it doesn't say, this day is good, so let us rejoice and be glad in it. It says, this is the day. It doesn't specify what kind of day it is. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't matter what kind of day you're having. It's a bad day, a great day, a hectic, chaotic. It went according to schedule. You're, you're sleeping all day. You're sick, whatever. It doesn't define the type of day. It just says, this day is from the Lord, so I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. You can choose to be positive regardless of the season that you're in. It goes back to that series of seasons that we talked about. It doesn't matter what kind of season you're in. You can choose to live a positive life. You can choose to see the best in every situation. 1 Peter 1, 6-7, you've heard me say this verse, verse before. In this you rejoice, so now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. It talks about rejoicing in the trials because it's an opportunity to praise God through the trials. We can learn to be positive. We can learn in the fire, in the trials, to be positive, to see the best, to see it as an opportunity. We can train ourselves to think positively. You've got to be positive. You've got to be aware that we tend to think the way of this world. You've got to be positive. And you've got to be accountable. It's the third one. You've got to be accountable. Guys, our thoughts thrive in isolation. They thrive in isolation. They will control you in isolation. So in order to conquer them, you need to expose them. You need to get them out of your head and verbally talk about them so that they cannot control you. Because in isolation, they thrive and they will take over your life and they will define you. Just like This egg, if you leave your thoughts in there, your whole life will be dictated by it. But if you take it out and say, hey, here's the thoughts that I've been having and expose them, they cannot control you anymore. Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. Guys, it's our habit. It's our tendency. It's it's what we want to do to do it alone but encouraging one another. Guys, we want to do it alone. It's in our natural tendency. It's a habit of most. Don't do it alone. This verse is saying, don't do it alone. And it's saying, don't let anyone else do it alone. Don't do life alone. Expose your thoughts. Encourage one another. Get people to encourage you. And don't let anyone else do it alone either. If you know right here, you know this truth of of the importance of exposing your thoughts, and you see someone else starting to drift away or starting to act a little strange, talk to them. Hey, what's going on in that head? My buddy John Allen back here in the sweet hat. His favorite question to ask people every single time he sees me, hey, how's your head? How's your heart? For a while, I didn't know how to answer it, but I realized he really cared about what was going on in my life. And he wasn't talking about my everyday. He wasn't talking about, hey, how's work going? He said, no, what are you thinking about? What are you going through right now? I want to hear. 
And it challenged me to really talk about the things that I was going through, which was tough because the last thing that I wanted to do was expose the things that I'm having in my head. But honestly, it was the best way to get my thoughts out and expose them and not let them control me. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Don't let anyone else do it alone either. Encourage people, pour life into people, call them out. Don't let anyone do it alone. Don't do life alone. The last thing we want to do is, is tell people about what we're thinking, but it's the best way to not let your thoughts define you. In fact, this is such an important topic that it's actually going to be our next series. So next week, we're starting a new series called Unbreakable, and it's going to be about this. It's going to be accountability. It's going to be about relationships. It's going to be about community. It's going to be about how we do life with people and the importance of it. So I'm going to go really in-depth about this over the next four weeks, and next week, it's getting kicked off with Pastor Craig Olson from up in Folsom. He's the GOAT. Yeah. Yeah, he's the goat. I'm gonna tell him y'all yell for him. He's a fellow roll tider, so I'll give him a couple roll tides as well. Thank you. But he's gonna kick off this series on community and relationships. And now, with this, I don't want you to hear that you need to rely on your friends for freedom from stress. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? If you rely on your friends for freedom from stress and for anything, honestly, beyond just as support, then they're gonna fall short and so will you when people do that same thing to you. Okay, our foundation isn't built on friendships, it's built on the love and the peace of God. Okay, in other words, don't make your friends your gods, just take advantage of the fact that God put friends in your life. Okay, that's what I'm trying to say here. I'm not saying go to your friends for everything, I'm saying use the fact that God put people in your life. Don't do life alone, we're called not to. Don't make your friends your gods. Take advantage of the fact that they're in your life. And watch what happens when we train ourselves to think this way. I gotta put this glove back on and use a different one. Watch what happens when we start to think this way, right? Even though our actions were once submerged and consumed by our stress, and it took our lives and made it into something that it was never meant to be and turned it into this nastiness, now all of a sudden it's turned it, started turning it back into what it was originally meant to be, right? turn it back into this white, beautiful egg. We started living a life that we were originally designed to be, okay? It starts to turn into something that we were meant to be. It starts, our life starts to make sense again. Now, no longer are our lives consumed by stress and fear and the emotions that we've been having and the thoughts that we've been having. Now, all of a sudden, we start to live a life full of purpose and with identity in God, and it's joyful, and the outlook on things are just different because we're not living and thinking according to this world. We're living and thinking according to things that come from God it will affect our lives in a positive way and we'll start living a life out that we were supposed to live. And then this verse is saying that once you've done that, once you've changed the way that you think and process things, we'll start to put them into practice. It says that, I mean, it, it supports my argument right there. It supports this analogy that by thinking differently, it will change the way that you live, right? When you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, which is, by the way, all the things that we talked about. Okay, it's, it's everything that's true and honorable and just and pure and worthy of praise. And Jesus is talking in this verse. He's saying that all these things that you uh, have learned, heard, received, and seen in me, he's talking about when he came and lived for 33 years on this earth, he exemplified it. So if you ever are curious about what those things are, what should my thoughts be looking like to match this criteria, go through and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and look at how Jesus lived his life and that's how you're called to live. That's what he's talking about here. But he's saying, once you've thought about these things and put the, it says, put these, practice these things. 
It says that once we change our thoughts, it will change the way that we live our lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Change the way that you think and it will change the way that you live. Change the way you think and it will change the way that you live. And when you change the way that you think and live, it says the God of peace will be with you, right? Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. We talked about earlier, peace is not the absence of chaos. It's not understanding. It's not knowing the outcome. It's not having control. Peace is not the absence of chaos. Peace is the presence of God within the chaos. And this verse is saying that when we think about these things, when we set our minds on things that are from him, and when we put them into practice, then the God of peace will be with you. And it's not that he gives us peace. If he gave us peace, it would be up to us to hold on to it. We would lose it. We would misplace it. We would forget about it. We wouldn't use it to its fullest. He doesn't give it to us because then it's on us, and we would fall short every time, and we would lose our sense of peace. But peace belongs to his very character. It is him. It is in him. And this is saying that the God of peace will be with you. So he is in us. So is peace. So it's not up to us to hold on to. It's up to him. All we have to do is embrace him. And when that happens, that God, that God of peace will be with us. And so will peace. And then stress has no power over you. Stress has no power over us because it cannot exist in the presence of peace. Like I said, stress is, the, is us losing sight of the fact that God is there. Stress, honestly, it's not the absence of God because God is with us. It's losing sight of God. And so when we embrace God in that moment, in that chaotic moment, in that fear, in that anxiety, in those trials, whatever it is, when we embrace him, we're also embracing peace and peace takes over. It takes control. Now we don't have to worry about how all this stuff is gonna play out. We don't have to worry about how I'm gonna get my grades back up, all that stuff, we get to just focus on the fact that God, the God of peace is with me and he'll never leave me nor forsake me. When we allow stress in our lives, we're losing sight of God, but when we embrace God in that moment, peace takes over. He takes over, he takes control. And here's something that's really cool is people will see the chaos that you're going through because they're going through it as well. It might look exactly the same, it might look completely different, but it's chaos all the same. And they'll see you going through it and they'll be waiting on it to change you because it's changing them. Okay, as we go through trials, people will change because of it. It will take over their lives. It will consume them. But they'll see that it's not changing you and not consuming you. And why? Why isn't it changing that person? Why? It's changing me. Why isn't it changing you? Because we have the God of peace to live inside of us. We have peace. We have God living inside of us. That's the difference. That's the difference. And they'll see it. And so if we put these things into practice, if we think this way, if we think about things that are true and honorable and just and pure and worthy of praise and excellent, and we practice them, we live them out, then our conduct and our lifestyles will be a verbal testimony, be an outward expression and a testimony to the love and the peace of God that lives inside of us. And according to the verse that we talked about a couple weeks ago, it transcends all understanding. What I'm saying is the way that you live your life, if you think about these things and we do them and we go and we live our life out of love and joy, then our life is an expression. It's a testimony to the peace of God and it transcends all understanding and people will start to see it and it will change your life and it will change theirs as well. Just by living out our lives, we're going to be preaching the word of God through our actions. And we all know that actions speak louder than words. I can stand up here on the stage all day long and speak nothing but truth. But it will not mean nearly as much as you guys going out and living your life in full pursuit of God and living a joyful life and living a true and honorable and just 
and a life worthy of praise, when you guys go out, it will make so much more of a difference than if I stood up here every single day and this room was filled with hundreds of people. The way that you live your life matters. It makes a difference and it will change the world way more than words ever will. So what I want for you guys to do, kind of the action step for tonight is to go out and to change the way that you think. Leave here, change the way that you think. It is very possible for you guys to do. You guys can leave and do it. You guys go out here and you be aware. Be aware of the fact that you normally think according to the way of this world. Be aware, be positive. Learn to think in a positive manner. Learn to be positive all throughout your day and then learn to be accountable. And that's what you guys are going to do. Learn to go out and think about things. And honestly, if you want to look this verse up and just write them down so that as you're processing things throughout the day, you can think about things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. Go out, change the way that you think and watch how it changes your life. I'm going to challenge you. If you're not sold in on this whole God thing, go out and try this out for a month and watch how it changes your life. I'm going to challenge you. Try it for a month. Try this out. Try to be aware, positive, accountable. Think about these things and watch what it does to your life. And watch what it does to the lives around you. Watch how as you're walking through school, you're going to start seeing things differently. You're going to start seeing things as opportunities rather than a hassle. You're going to start seeing the, the best, the joy, and all these things. You're going to start seeing things and processing things differently. You're going to be a whole lot more happy, energetic. It's gonna, it, it happens. And watch how it affects the lives around you. Watch how people will start drifting towards you for guidance, for, for energy, for joy. Watch how it's, it's me as all of a sudden the center of the room, not because I don't know why. We're just, she just is. Like, I just want to be around her. Why? Because she's living a life thinking about these things, setting her mind on these things, and there's just something different about her. And watch how people start to drift towards her. Watch how people start to drift towards you, and you start making a difference in the world around you. But here's the thing, this only works if we have a foundation set where we're not going to start drifting back to those thoughts the moment they start trying to creep back in our lives, because they're going to. Sorry, they're going to. Got to stop. Real time. Thank you. They're going to start drifting back into our heads. We're going to start drifting towards them. This only works if we have a foundation built up. We're going to be able to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to drift back towards that thing. When we're aware of it, okay, the awareness only works if we have the foundation that we can hold on to. So this only works if we have a foundation where we're not going to just drift right back into those thoughts when they creep back in our lives. And here's the thing. This is more than just about stress. This isn't just about stress. Yes, living a stress-free life is important and it's very possible. It's why we had this series. It's why we're talking about this. But stress is not the only product of our sin, right? We talked about a couple weeks ago that stress is a product of our sin. Stress is not the only product of our sin. Romans 6.23 says that for the wages of sin is death. Guys, we, we're adults here. We, we're not, we all know that, that we're going to die at some point. Death is a part of life. We all know that. This verse is not just talking about death. It's talking about eternity. It's talking about hell. And hell is a word that gets thrown around a lot. And honestly, it's something that we can't necessarily comprehend. So to a lot of us, it doesn't sound that scary. It doesn't sound that bad. Or it's just something that's like, I, you know, I don't know. We just push it to the side because it gets thrown around so much. And I'm really not trying to scare you guys. That's not the point of this. I'm not trying to scare you straight. I'm just here to let you know it's actually a real place. It is the epitome of torture and pain and suffering, and it is a very real place. And this verse is saying the penalty for the way that we live our lives according to this world, the penalty of our life, of our sinful life, is hell for eternity. We can't comprehend eternity, but it's going to happen. 
But this verse also, Romans 6, the second part says this, the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This one's talking about heaven. Heaven is also one of those, those words that gets thrown around a lot. And it's not feasible. It's not something that we can really comprehend. And so it, and honestly, to a lot of people, it sounds pretty boring. It sounds like a pink city of clouds. Everyone has little baby angel wings and they fly about two miles an hour and they have a harp. Sounds pretty boring. But that's not what heaven is. Scripture talks about heaven as something that we can't fully comprehend and something that's so beautiful that it is everything that we have ever desired and more so much so that we didn't even know that we were desired. And it talks about how we were actually created for it. Scripture talks about the fact that we're not actually created for this earth. We were created to live in eternity in heaven. He just sent us here for a short period of time. It is not only something that's so good we can't comprehend. It's something that we were actually created for. And this verse is saying that the penalty for our sin, the penalty for the way that we live our life is hell, but the free gift that God gave us is heaven. That's why this is so important. This isn't just about stress. This is about the difference between heaven and hell. This is about the difference between purpose and pain. It's so contradicting, but that's why this is such an important topic. If we don't have freedom, if we don't have forgiveness, if we don't have redemption, then none of this matters. Okay, so I gotta ask you, have you embraced God? Have you embraced him? It's not, have you gone to church? It's not, have you lived a good life and made good grades and obeyed your parents? It's not how good of a person you are. I give money to the homeless guy in the corner. It's not how many times you've sat on this front row. It's, have you embraced God? Have you embraced him? Think about it. What kind of thoughts have you been having? Have you been having those negative thoughts? Has it been controlling your life? Have you been blinded by the fact that your life has been consumed by the thoughts that you've been having? Or the thoughts that you're having, does it match the criteria that I mentioned before? Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Or do they tend to be a little bit negative, a little bit doubtful, a little bit shameful? I'm not good enough. That's what shame usually sounds like. Or doubt. I don't think this is going to happen. I'll never get into that school. What kind of thoughts have you been having? And if it sounds a little bit like that, it kind of sounds like you need to embrace God and let him redefine the way that you think and redefine your life. Because you might not realize it, like my friend didn't realize it, but your life is probably being defined by the types of thoughts that you're having. And if it doesn't match that criteria that I talked about, if it doesn't seem like it's positive, it seems like it's more on that side of, I'm looking like that grayish black egg, then you'll never be able to conquer your thoughts. You'll never be able to live a stress-free life. And more importantly, You'll never be able to experience the eternity in heaven like you were created to if you keep living the life that you're living right now. You might be thinking, well, he already told me how to control my thoughts, so I'll just go out and I'll control my thoughts. I'll think, I'll be aware, I'll be positive, I'll be accountable, I'll be good. The rest of it will take care of itself. I'll just live in a more positive life. Like, that's fine. I don't have to worry about the whole heaven hell thing. That doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You can't experience freedom on your own because we can't pay our own debt. You can't pay for the penalty of sin with a sinful life. That's why we celebrate what happened last weekend. That's why we celebrate Easter. Jesus came down and lived a sin-free life so that you could find freedom from yours. He did that, died on the cross for you. And that's the only way we can experience freedom. No one gets to the Father except through me. That's what he said. You can't experience freedom by living life a certain way. You can't earn it. It's not earned, it's accepted. 
And you have to embrace him and receive freedom and forgiveness. And only then can you live life to the fullest with the promise of eternity in heaven, with the promise of what you were created to do, to live in eternity with him. Only then, only after you've embraced him and accepted him into your heart can you do that. Let's pray. God, I, I lift you up. I thank you for what you're doing in this room. Dear God, I thank you for what you're doing in the hearts of these students. I thank you for what you're doing in Corona. But God, we lift you up and pray that right now, every single person in this room, their thoughts will no longer be consumed by the things of this world. Their thoughts will be consumed in you. That you change the way that we think and we process things and in that you change the way that we live our lives. And right now, as we stay in this attitude of prayer, I wanna ask you, do you know what that freedom looks like? Do you know what that freedom feels like? Have you experienced forgiveness? Or do you still find yourself dipping back into those thoughts? Do you still find yourself thinking the way of this world? Have you been blind to the fact that your life has been shaped by your thoughts? Have you just realized it just now? If so, if you fit in that category, I'm gonna give you a chance to embrace him and experience that freedom. Even if you said a prayer a long time ago, but you realize that your life hasn't been reflecting it, that your thoughts have been negative, they've been shame, they've been pain, they've been guilt, they've been doubt, they've been fear. I'm gonna give you a chance to embrace him tonight. So if you're ready to embrace him and to experience that freedom, to receive that gift of eternal life that he gave us, all you have to do is repeat this prayer after me and mean it. When you mean it in your hearts, when you do that, you'll be forgiven and washed clean from all your sins. He says he casts our sins as far as the east is from the west. He washes us as white as snow. So that stained egg that we've been living in, all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame, all of our pain, he says he washes it clean like that. Any weight that's on your shoulders will be lifted off when you embrace him, when you say this prayer and you mean it in your heart. You'll be forgiven. And your name will be written in the book of life, which means that when you die, you get to go and spend eternity in heaven along our Father. You get to embrace him and hug him, and he gets to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. You get to spend eternity alongside him. So if that's you tonight and you're ready to embrace him for the first time, I'm gonna invite you to repeat this prayer after me under your breath. Just mean it in your heart. Say, God, come into my heart. Wash me clean. Make me new. I give you my life. Give me freedom from stress. Give me freedom from sin. Renew my mind so that I may have life-giving thoughts. In my darkest moments, I look to you as my God. I love you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. And guys, can we give applause for anyone who made that decision for the first time tonight? It's so awesome. We are so happy that you joined the family. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, follow us on Instagram at CrossroadsHSM.